Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, recently, the drug company Eli Lilly announced the results of tests on two new drugs to treat dementia. It's early days yet, but they just might have a dramatic effect in slowing down the disease. But it's also worth pointing out that dementia isn't just one thing. There are many different sorts. Alzheimer's, obviously, is the most common. But the second most common is what's called Lewy body dementia. Kevin Quaid is an activist and author who lives with Lewy body dementia. Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon. How are you, my good man? Uh, now, could you start by describing for us, because I suppose a lot of people wouldn't be familiar uh, with, with Lewy body dementia. So could you describe for us what that is? Yeah. Um, number one, I suppose the first thing I have to say is that dementia is just an umbrella term. Mm. Like cancer. Can- the name cancer covers a whole variety of different cancers. And dementia covers about 400 different types of dementias. So Alzheimer's is obviously the most common form, but Lewy body dementia is slowly but surely becoming the second most common form in the world, actually. You have vascular dementia, and then you have front temporal lobe. But Lewy body dementia, the problem with Lewy body dementia is memory problems are not my biggest problem. Like, you could talk to me for the next hour, and if you were to guess what was wrong with me, the last thing you'd say is that I have dementia Mm. for the simple reason I don't seem to have memory problems. You know, I don't show the signs that people with Alzheimer's would show. And that is where the problem lies, if you like, in stigma. That is when you hear people, or they have dementia, well, they automatically assume that that's um, memory and that's Alzheimer's. It couldn't be further from the truth. My main, I suppose, problems with uh, Louis body dementia are I haven't, I'm only, I'm 59. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's when I was 50. And about two years later, I was diagnosed with Louis body dementia. And even at that stage, when I was diagnosed, I had to have what's known as a DAT scan. It's capital D, small a, capital T. I didn't hear the word Louis. I didn't hear the word body. I just had the word dementia. And I said, you have to be wrong, mm. because my memory is fine. But was I to find out that it was so different later on? And I suppose the main problem is I haven't been able to drive in seven years because my spatial awareness will be completely gone. Um, I suffer from a thing called grim sleep behavior disorder. And that is that most people, normal people, will say, for want of a better word, their muscles paralyze at night when you have a dream. But when I'm asleep at night, my muscles don't paralyze. And two of the biggest problems with the Lewy body dementia are horrific nightmares. And I mean horrific nightmares. They are, they are as real as I am talking to you this minute. Yeah. And hallucinations. But when I'm having these nightmares, the problem is I can lash out. I can get out of bed. Sean, I have woke in the middle of the night. I'm six foot one, I'm 20 stone, I'm a big man. And I'm in a fatal position, crying, not knowing who I am, not knowing where I am, not knowing who the person alongside me is. Terrified, absolutely terrified to even wake the person or disturb the person because I can see my wife as an intruder, I can see her as a 
man, and it's only her voice that I'll recognize. No, not every night is that bad. I have what I call bad nights, and then I have very bad nights, and then I have horrific nights. In that the nightmare that I would have, even the smell from the nightmare, would linger in my nose all the following day. Crikey. It is horrific. And you see, the problem is there is between six and a half and 10,000 people in Ireland with Louis body dementia. And the reason we don't know more about it is, number one, it's underdiagnosed. It can affect an awful lot of people before the age of 65. And then you have people like me that can have a full-blown conversation when we're out, we're looking, we're acting normal, and to tell someone you have a form of dementia, people won't believe you. I'll give you an example. If I was sitting down having a cup of coffee or having a pint with you, and we were chatting away about Limerick Hurling, I hope they'll win Sunday, because I'm a Limerick man, and we were chatting away for an hour, and then I just happened to mention that I had Louis by dementia, you'll say to me, but that's impossible. You've been talking to me for the last hour. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. But if I say I have Lewy body brain disease, the follow-on question is always, can you tell me what that is? Yes. So can you see what that word has damaged this, if you like? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's it's very loaded. When you have one of the, the, these nightmare episodes, how long does it generally speaking take you to kind of get back to normal again, to kind of calm yourself down? Um, I don't want to put anyone off their dinner or their tea, but I'll give you one example of a nightmare that I had. And it reoccurred night after night after night, week in, week out. I was after a murder somebody. I don't know who it was. And I'm not a violent person by nature, trust me, in any way, shape or form. And I'd go into the sleep and I think, oh my God, I buried the body, it will be found. The body was in plastic. I'd moved the body from one place to the next. And the smell of a rotting corpse, I have no idea what a rotting corpse smells like, but I had that smell. And all the following day, I'm talking about now getting up in the morning at 10 o'clock, having my breakfast, not being able to talk, which fear of this nightmare that I'm after having. Did I do it? Didn't I do it? And at three o'clock that evening, my wife having to get orange essence oil and put it to the end of my nose to get rid of the smell that stayed with me all the following day, even when I wasn't in bed, even when I wasn't asleep. And I'll often say to Helena, when I'm going to bed, I wonder what hell am I going to tonight? It is a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. It is a horrible type of dementia, and for anyone that's out there, I really, really urge you, get a diagnosis, get a proper diagnosis, because there is a life thereafter it, you know. There's an upside to my life as well. It's not all, it's not all horrific, right? The nights are bad. Mm. But I have found kind of little tricks to deal with it. Um, we have one of the diffusers, and it has a nightlight on it and the nightlight changes colour. And that 
in itself at times will just bring me back enough to remember who I am and where I am. And my iPhone, I keep by the bed all the time and I'll either put on uh, comedy or I'll put on music because I'll put on the same comedy night after night after night after night because I'm looking at people that I recognize. And to me, they're like my friends, if that makes sense. Yeah. You see, what, what it does is it gives me a, a feeling of being safe. It's when you lose that feeling of being safe, when you have that fear, it's a complete fear of the unknown. It's an unreasonable fear. But to me, it's all so real. And it's, it's there. It's happening right in front of me. Yeah. And thanks, thanks to the God, later this year, um, we're launching Louis Body Island, which, which would be a charity for people with Louis bodies, because when I was diagnosed day one, the only information I was really able to get was from um, the Louis Body Society in the UK. Now, I eventually joined the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland, and they were of great help to me, and they're of great, great help to people up and down the country with all types of dementia. But I want people to get specific information on Louis bodies, and that they are not left in the dark, I suppose, where, yeah. where we were. Do you have difficulty getting to sleep at all? I'd imagine you would. I actually would put on um, a programme and I'd fall, I'd fall asleep with the noise. Hmm. I can't sleep in a quiet room. If I'm inside in a quiet room, and a room which said, I'm, I'm talking about without any noise whatsoever, the noise inside in my head from the quietness would drive you insane. But when I have a program on, the noise of the program, I can sleep through that. No problem sleeping through that. Yeah. And you, you get so exhausted, Sean, you will sleep. I imagine you must, yeah. I also imagine there may be well people listening to us now who have this, who are undiagnosed. They just think they're having very vivid nightmares. I can give you a 100% guarantee that there's hundreds, if not thousands of people listening to you that are thinking, that's what's wrong with Dad, or that's what's wrong with my brother, or that's what's wrong with my uncle, or that's what's wrong with my grandfather. And going to a GP and being told to have dementia or a touch of dementia is not a diagnosis. I don't care whether you're 8 or 80. It makes absolutely no difference. And my, do- my, my neurologist was so unsure about my diagnosis. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's and that was grand. And she kept sending me for scan after scan after scan. And I was wondering why, but she was just sending me for these different scans. And when I, it came back that I had Louis Boy dementia, it was the last thing that she thought I had. So she asked me then, would I keep notes of my daily life and especially my nights? They wanted to know the good parts and the bad parts, as I said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I was doing that, and I was going back every six weeks, and I was seeing different doctors for other ailments, and one of the doctors asked me one day, um, would I write a book about my journey with Louis Bodies? Because he said, your notes were very helpful to us. So I wrote my first book called Louis Body Dementia Survival of Me. 
No. Here I was, a carpenter from County Limerick. And little did I know, but I became one of the first people in the world to write a book about Louis Body's adventure from the patient's point of view, and that's only five years ago. Crikey. Now, I, I since have I published a second one last year called I Am Kevin, Not Louis. And that is about what you can achieve. Like the day I was diagnosed, my life didn't end. I got a diagnosis and I came to a crossroads. I thought I was going left, basically. I had to turn right. And you know, it's not that bad of a journey. I have devoted my life to the last seven years of my life to advocacy work. And like that, I've been involved in so much. I'm chair of the Irish Dementia Working Group for the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. I'm vice chair of the European Working Group for People with Dementia for Alzheimer's Europe. I'm one of the co-founders, which I'm so proud of, of Louis Body Ireland. I'm with Dementia Trials Ireland. Um, I write for three newspapers. I'm on my third book. <laughs> and the trick is you've got to keep the brain active. Yes, yes. You have to. Mm. Because five years, and, and medication, no. No one should come off medication without a doctor saying so. But five years ago, Sean, I was taken into hospital. I actually had a problem with my neurologist. And when she saw me, it was six years ago now, I suppose, actually. When she saw me, she said, I have to admit him straight away. She said to my wife, I didn't even know what hospital I was in. I was on 19 different medications. I was, anti, I was on antidepressants. I was on morphine patches, you name it. And this doctor came to the end of my bed and he took me off of, I'm now on six, so he took me off of 13 different medications. I was on a walking frame. My house was done up for uh, wheelchair, quick, quick wheelchair access, or quick stretcher access, and wheelchair access um, in, in and out of the house. And to natural progression, you go from a walking frame. I had a walking stick. You go from a walking frame, then, then you go to a wheelchair. And that's nat- nat- natural progression, mm. but not with me. I went back to a walking stick. And I fulfilled the dream of a lifetime about two months ago when I completed. We got a special dispensation, eight of us, to walk the Camino to do 40 kilometers in four days. And I completed it. Okay. So, like, you've got to you've got to set goals for yourself. You've got to set aims for yourself. Life doesn't end the day you're diagnosed. And people out there are listening now and they're wondering, do I have it? Don't I have it? Do I have it? Don't I have it? What should I do? You know, when you go for that doctor's appointment or when you go for that diagnosis, let it be Alzheimer's. Let it be Louis Buddies, whatever type of dementia. You're driving yourself cracked at night, wondering, do I or don't I have it? If your appointment is at 11 o'clock, and when you come out at half 11 or 12 o'clock or whatever it is, you are still the same person. Only now there is a name to what was driving you mad at night. There is a name to what was keeping you awake, and you can deal with it. And there is help there, and there is fantastic help there. Yeah, would there fantastic be people there? As I'm sure you know, they they've announced that that they seem to have developed two new drugs uh, that uh, might have a 
a profound effect for people with uh, uh, with dementia. Is are you finding there's a bit of hope around that uh, um, in 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 terms of your advocacy work with the people you speak to? I have seen a paradigm shift in the advocacy work in the last seven years around research and everything, and the new drugs are definitely a way forward. And what I would advise people to do is actually to go on the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland's website and read their statement on the, on the drugs. Um, it might be a few years before they'll come out, but at least we're heading in the right direction. But like the biggest and the most important thing we need at the moment is we need investment for care for the elderly and the elderly at home. Like just pe- the sad thing about it is there's people in nursing homes today that if there was proper investment in care, they could be at home where they want to be. And, you know, like, it's kind of a no-brainer. If you take people out of nursing homes, you're freeing up beds and there's a knock-on effect. But invest in it, invest in it, invest in it, and get, get the home care that people need. Get the care that people need. Yeah, indeed. I, I, I'll tell you, it's a lonely world. It's a very, very lonely world when you have this disease. Because friends run from you. In a lot of cases, family run from you. It's a lonely place for a lot of people. And that is why a lot of people struggle to talk about it. You know? And mm. you'll have cases where a husband might have it, we'll say, and he won't no one to know. Or the wife knows the husband have it, but she'll want no one to know. And we need, we need to battle against all this. We need to get rid of the stigma. And we need to say, it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to look for help. Yes, Because there is, there is help there. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, Kevin, I do want to m- mention the names of those two books that you've written and a third one on the way, Louis Body, Dementia, Survival and Me. Uh, plus yes. also, I am Kevin, not Louis. Uh, Kevin yes. Quaid, thanks a million for talking to us today. Thanks, Sean. What a, uh, gosh, uh, what an incredible man. Uh, man, our uh, one text says our mom has Alzheimer's and dad has Louis body dementia, both diagnosed at Christmas. Tell that man he's incredible. Somebody else says one word, inspirational. Yes, indeed he is. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze. On News Talk.